up, everybody? And welcome back to the Prove Me Wrong podcast presents Chellacast. This will be the final Chellacast before the festival starts, as this episode will be coming out on Wednesday, the day before day zero for all you weekend one people. We made it. It's here. We have the Do Lab lineup now. We have the Heineken House lineup now. Set times dropped last night. All the pieces are coming together. Uh, it was a pretty awesome episode. I'm stoked for you guys to be able to hear it. Later on, you guys are going to hear my interview with, for all you Redditors, you'll probably know him better as Mikey1313. He's the one behind all the Clash Finders. He made the Coachella Electro Mix, and he's usually the one paging Murphy Nelson <laughs> whenever anything happens EDM wise or has to deal with the, the Sahara tent. I also got a little treat for you as I was able to nab an interview with. Uh, um, a duo that's going to be playing the Do Lab Weekend 2, known as Father Bear. So I sat down with them a little earlier via Skype. So that interview will be later on in the podcast as well. So we're here. We've made it. I'm so excited. I was a little bummed after I got the last podcast out because literally the very next day, the Do Lab lineup dropped. And I went, son of a bitch. Should have waited one more day and would have had that. But hey, that's the way these things go. So looking at the set times from that dropped yesterday, how do you guys feel about it? Are you now in conflict hell? Are you going to be in trouble? Is everything going to be okay? Um, Beyonce did a good job of pretty much ripping out any conflicts that you were worried about on Saturday night, seeing how everything's going to be blacked out other than Beyonce. Well, that's not necessarily true, as if you're looking at the set times, uh, Highly Suspect's going to be playing in the, the Gobi tent, and then X Japan's going to be playing in Mojave, and that's it. Anybody that thought, oh, we'll avoid Beyonce by going and checking out the Doolab secret guest, not going to happen. It's going to be blacked out. Nothing's going to be playing over there. So your only two options other than Beyonce, I mean, maybe you can go to the Antarctic 10 or something, but Highly Suspect and X Japan. Uh, Highly Suspect's a pretty badass three-piece band. One of my favorite songs from them is called Lydia. So if you're looking to check out some new music, definitely check that out. And X Japan's um, a Japanese like 80s hair metal band, I guess is the best way to describe them. And it was leaked today that it looks like Wes Borland is going to be, I don't know if he's going to be playing the full set with him or just some selected songs. You guys would remember Wes Borland as the crazy makeup guy that always wore the contacts for Limp Biscuit. Yeah, that Wes Borland. So he'll be making... Um, he'll be playing on the polo fields there with X Japan. So that, that was weird that Beyonce... Uh, got everything blacked out the way she did, but hey, I guess that's what happens when you're in the beehive. So I think I'm going to use that time to go on the Ferris wheel for the first time and kind of go enjoy that and see the big giant crowd that is during Beyonce. And even you'll, you'll hear it later on when I'm talking to Father Bear that they were supposed to be playing on Saturday and just recently found out about the blackout and they got moved to Sunday uh, morning. So do lab people, how excited are you? I think both weekends got uh, a pretty stellar lineup. If you're going weekend one, obviously Chris Lake is the big name playing there. Um, for my taste, I'm not much of a house guy, so I'm not the best guy to ask on that stuff. But um, going through each artist on there, 
I was really impressed with what So Down plays and also Drolo. Drolo is spelled D-R-O-E-L-O-E. So if you're looking for someone cool for weekend one, those would be my suggestions for weekend two. Obviously, I'm biased since I had him on the podcast, but Father Bear is going to be some bad motherfuckers out there. Uh, they're bringing a twerk team with them, they said, but I, I don't want to get into too much as we'll talk about that a little later. So, um, Marvel Years is also someone that I recently just found out about. If you guys are Pretty Lights fans or maybe Grammatic, then uh, Marvel Years is someone that you're definitely going to want to check out as well. And then for me, the crown jewel, the people that it got me the most hyped is motherfucking Brass Tracks. I think I'd even posted them as like a wish list artist of someone that I wanted to see. When I didn't, when they didn't make the original lineup, I went, ah, maybe they'll be on the do lab. And lo and behold, there they were. I literally saw them on there and I went, motherfucking brass tracks? Yes, yes, brass tracks. If you guys saw Big Gigantic last year, this is definitely the group to replace kind of not having someone similar to that. They're essentially like a Big Gigantic, but instead of a saxophone player, they have a trumpet player. I actually saw them on tour with Big Gigantic back in December. And oh my God, they are so, so, so much fun. They have a slew of covers that they've recorded they do look kind of like this 90s uh medley of them which is just for me being um born in the 80s it's something that's fantastic um their original songs are great and if you guys saw the last episode i actually put that one on vimeo and not youtube because i was getting uh copyright uh strikes on me or i was getting notices about copyright from having music on, on the, the podcast on the video form some of the episodes they didn't give a shit about and they were they, the music was able to slide right through the last one i posted it and it was just like flag 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 so i ended up posting uh the podcast on vimeo instead because it didn't get flagged the same way so i want to show you some of the brass track stuff but i can't necessarily do it in the way that i was because um i don't want to get flagged and once you get three strikes on it's like baseball on youtube once you get three strikes you're you're fucking out of there so i actually have a few videos that i'd recorded um while i was seeing them with big big gigantic so if you're listening on the audio portion you'll hear it but of course if you're watching on video you'll see it right here brass tracks right so if you guys are going weekend two they announced on instagram earlier that they're going to be playing on 420 so they're going to be on friday's set and man that is just going to be a fun set if you guys are chance the rapper fans they actually did hold on let me, let me look it up real quick i don't want to mess up which song they did um they actually were the ones that produced um 
no problems. That's right. You know, you don't want no problem, no problem with me. Yeah, that was Brass Tracks. So that's going down for us weekend two people on 420 in the lab. Can I get some noise from you people? God, I can't wait. The the hype is just like exuding out of me right now. I, I am so excited. But with the set times being out, the worst things, or I guess my worst day is Friday for me because as you guys know if you've listened to each of these episodes I'm a giant res fan and that's who I really wanted to go see soul wax is the one especially on the reddit boards that everyone's been talking about and even JMJ aka uh, Jean-Michel Jarre is another one that a lot of people have been talking about and oh my god the conflicts on Friday during all of that I really don't know how or what I'm going to do. Um, the maps finally came out, so we saw where everything is. Sahara is officially moving, which we all knew. It's going to be fucking massive, which we've heard um, in the Desert Sun article and everything. But looking at it, you have uh, Soul Wax at 10, Allison at 1025, uh, Jean Michel at 1030, and Maceoplex at 1045. And then the, I think the one other person, and me and Mikey even get, uh, Michael Madonna get into it a little bit later, is about Jamiroquai also being in there. So there's plenty of conflicts to be had Friday night. But isn't that what Coachella is all about? Isn't that why it's great? Is that there's so many artists that you do kind of have that conflict anxiety. Um, but my brother's a giant, giant Alice in Wonderland fan, and he's never seen her before. So he'd been telling me if she got on the lineup, that's who we definitely want to go see. And now I'm sorry, bud. I, I've seen her before. I might just let you have to go see that by yourself because, I mean, how many times are you going to see Soul Wax play? Or I mean, definitely how many times are you going to ever see uh, Jean-Michel play? I mean, never. If you guys haven't watched his YouTube video yet of him playing his, like, a, I don't know if they call it a laser harp or whatever it is, but oh, my God. Go look that up. So I don't know what's really going to happen to me on Friday. And also, you start throwing in Doolab special guests, and now they're going to have two special guests every day. Like, <sighs> what do you do? <laughs> How do you know you're making the right decision? I guess that's a good thing as well about going uh, weekend two is that you can sit on the couch, do your couch cello this weekend, and see some of the acts that you're not too sure about because now it might sway you one way or the other. One thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to watch one second of res because I already know I'm going to that. So I might check out some of the other stuff and then try and figure out where I'm going to go from there. But uh, Grant, sorry, buddy, you might be seeing her alone. I, I don't know how that's all going to work out. But I mentioned that I had on Redditor Mikey1313. He was the guy that did the Coachella Electro Mix, um, been doing all the Clash Finders for us. We had a really great conversation. At the end of it, when we got off the air, I was like, I feel like I've known you my whole life, man. Like It was a really good conversation. It went a little bit longer than I expected, but as you learned through this podcast or with my interview with even That's Feft Up, that um, I'm a little long-winded, and I do things that I want. So uh, it's running about 30 minutes or so. So right now, without further ado, it's Mikey1313. All right, great. Right now, I am joined by Michael Milano. You guys might know him from the Reddit pages as user. Is it Mike1331? It's, yeah, Mikey13. <laughs> Excellent, man. So if you guys have been going through and looking at the Clash Finders, if you're listening to the mix last week, that is who I'm joined by. So, Michael, welcome, man. Thanks so much for joining me. Whoop, whoop. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So uh, we'll kind of get into the mix first. I mean, with so many artists on the lineup, how in the hell does one even start compiling a mix like the Coachella Electro mix? I mean, do you already have songs in mind? Do you just start going through artists one by one? Kind of walk me through that process. 
Dude, it's, uh, yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, obviously I have the tracks that I prefer from certain artists. So, you know, it's very rare. You know, there there are certain acts that I'll throw in there that while I'm not really trying to see those acts, I'm not going to put in anything that I really don't like. You know what I'm saying? That really isn't to my ear. Like, I'll put in stuff like your, you know, Cardi B's or stuff that I don't have any personal interest in seeing, but... You know, I'm not going to put her just her song in. I'm going to take part of her vocal or something like that and kind of mix that kind of stuff. Uh, when it comes to what actual tracks, you know, I kind of just, I'll throw them all onto a kind of uh, up onto an Ableton file, uh-huh. you know, kind of see uh, which ones have uh, similar BPMs, you know, beats per minute. Because obviously, you know, you can't t- do things that are crazy right. all over the place with beats per minute. Um, and then I'll kind of go from there and see which ones are not necessarily in the same key, but have, you know, if, if I can find, uh, uh acapellas or if mm-hmm. I can find instrumentals, those are definitely bonuses, sure. you know, that helps cause it, it makes it much easier to make those mashups that I do. Uh, yeah. And then I kind of just do it. I kind of just put things together and it's like, ah, that doesn't sound very good. Or something will come to mind. Like I'll be. Like, the first one is the Chic mixed with Beyonce thing. Uh-huh. I was just listening to Good Times, and uh, the, when I was working on this, I just had it playing, and then I was like, okay, what, what acapella would be good over this? Because we all know the, the famous rapper's delight sample, you know? Right. And I was like, oh, what, what could I put over this? I don't know. Let's try, let's, let's try a little Beyonce. Why not? Why not? I found a good Beyonce acapella, one of my, one of my personal... I'm not a big Beyonce fan, but mm. my... One of the one of my favorite Beyonce jams, I guess you could say, and, <laughs> and it worked, worked out. I, mean, I, I thought it worked pretty well, you know. So I kind of go from there. Not not all of them are great, you know. Not yeah, not all sure. of them work super well. Uh, <laughs> some, of them, some of them are a little forced, I'll admit. Uh, but you know, it's it's. I just kind of see what works. I, now, I that to... chic was like a perfect way to start it off, man. Like as yes. me being like a huge girl talk fan. Like as soon as I heard that, it was just like, ah, <laughs> oh, like this is exactly what I would expect. Like of a mix like this, of the mashup like that. And to me, like I thought last year, Kendrick Lamar's "Humble" was probably the song of the festival. I mean, I know the oh, weekend yeah, well, just dropped a new album, but like I think that chic. I think that might be the song you hear playing the most through the campgrounds, man. I mean, it, it'll be a little t- tough because I mean, I don't think any of the songs that Eminem just. Dropped like I don't think that's gonna be. You're not gonna hear that shit bumping. But I mean, maybe the weekend. <laughs> so I'm kind of. Yeah. No. Totally. Me, me too. But I, I mean, any of that new stuff, I'm, I'm not a big fan of. So I think that Chic might be the song you hear the most playing throughout the festival. Yeah, I was thinking originally maybe uh, if uh, the weekend would have came out with something really big on his. Uh, so I got some water on his newer EP. Maybe that might be you know something like he might have come out with a, a humbleish massive. Uh, thing, but I don't think any of those tracks are really blowing up to that level of you know of almost virality. Right, you know one hundred percent. And then you have a, a song where I think you're right. I think the campgrounds are going to be bumping she good times all weekend. Just I mean, just because it's such a 
it's just such a feel-good track. How could yeah. you not? How could you not love it? No, I mean, dude, like it reminds me of being a kid and like going to block parties. I don't know if you went to like block parties when you were younger, but like that was the I'm type sure. of shit you would Ooh, hear, you know. So it's like it just makes me want to crack a beer, sit back, and oh, relax. Man. I love that. It gives me the the feels and the vibes right now, just thinking about it, dude. <laughs> <I'm> so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what was your favorite mashup on the mix? I can go ahead and tell you some of my favorites. I mean, I know we kind of went back and forth onto the board that I love the Res and Jacob Banks one. Um, oh, dang, that was one of the first ones I did, dude. Oh, you told me it deleted. What the fuck happened? I I gotta know. I don't know what happened. Uh, you know, I move stuff over in the mix. I, you know, I have to move things around. And then I, I looked at it one day. I was like, okay, I need to go back and move the Res mix back, the Res Jacob Banks mix. And I looked at it, and it was completely messed up. I moved a whole nother file, like mm -hmm. a whole other mashup on top of it, and I, it basically was destroyed. I had to do restart it from scratch. And while it didn't sound bad, it. it Sounded way better originally. <laughs> I had like a whole different thing going with it, and I kind of I took the basic same ideas. You sure. Know, and I I made it work, I guess. But thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you. Which, which other ones were you into? Um, I love the the Portugal the man with the Flatbush zombies and the blaze. Oh, and then ah. it's even though I mean, you you brought her up earlier, I thought the Cardi B with Borns was fucking rad. I was sitting on an airplane and flying back home, and all of a sudden I was just like. This works perfectly. I mean, I was literally like laughing out loud. I was like, that's smart. That is a fucking smart mix right there. So say what you want about Cardi B. I know there's the haters yeah, and the yeah, lovers yeah. of it, but I thought those were perfect, man. Absolutely. Dude, thank you, man. That one that one took me the most amount of time, actually. <laughs> that one easily took me the most amount of time because I had to that her vocal took so long to chop up for whatever reason, get that to to work with that Borns thing. Um but yeah, I think I think that one wound up working. I got a lot of good feedback on that one as well. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, personally, yeah, I uh, I think my favorite out of out of all of it has probably was probably the opening, just the yeah. the chic. I'll say I just I, I really like that one. Um, um, yeah, I didn't do it. none of them were that that crazy. You, you know, I, most of the crazier ones I kind of this year I kind of pushed later. Like the Res Jacob Banks one was another one of my personal favorites that. I would have kind of liked to maybe put earlier in the mix, but because I started, you know, I had to start a kind of a, a chiller house vibe, you know, uh -huh. I'm not trying to start it with like a blah. Sure. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so it, it was tough trying to, that, that's another thing that's tough is trying to decide, you know, which ones are better and trying to not force them earlier, but sure. make them earlier and, you know, make that all work you know what i'm saying no i totally get it and the, the one that i liked about the cardi b one is i don't know if you heard the mashup album that uh terry urban did probably five or six years ago but he did a portugal the man mashup album and it has oh. notorious on there and i keep looking for it and i can't find the full mix anywhere i'll find like one track on youtube but it reminded me just of that so i'll have to send it to you because i can't fuck what was the song they do it on top of j cole's waves and it just it just blended really nice wow. like that so i'll have to send it to you once you get off here for you to check it out absolutely right? you can find it please do that one was fucking rad was there any that you weren't really going for and all of a sudden you kind of move things around and you went oh shit i have something there uh i mean that that probably is most of them yeah uh, <laughs> i should have probably pulled it uh here let me i mean yeah, pull, pull pull something up if you want to, man, or whatever. Yeah, here let me let me just pull up my mix collab thing really quick, and because I have the the, the tracklist, the tracklist thing was kind of weird. It didn't really didn't really fall. It's not following along with it perfectly. Uh -huh. You like because that's the thing I used to really love about Mixcloud is that you could you know post your track track list 
and it would follow along as it would play and tell oh, you which one was playing. That's but dope. It didn't really do it that well with this one. Like, for instance, it doesn't say when most of my mashups are. It kind of just says that the first song is Good Times by Sheik, which uh-huh. it is, but it's my mashup, damn it. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you're pulling uh, that up, if anyone hasn't heard it yet, I'm going to link to the uh, the playlist in the show notes on YouTube and both in the podcast, so that way you guys can get it and download it for your weekend as you're going out, too. So it'll be something to bump for you guys when you're all camping and chilling and get ready for Coachella. Thank you very, very much. Um, not not really too, too much uh, this year. Uh, oh, okay. I think one that I did like that I think that worked weirdly well... Uh, was I don't know if you heard the the weird Son Holo uh, Donkey Kong yeah matchup I did. With, uh, <laughs> with Alice in Wonderland yeah that one was <laughs> well it took me a second because I'm sitting there going what the fuck is that why do I know this I was like oh that's what it is it took me coming home and eating a piece of a cushy punch and then like all the stars aligned and I figured it all out <laughs> oh man that's really funny yeah that was one of those ones that I was like okay I I guess this works let's do it yeah <laughs> that is so badass man so now, now moving forward um, for people that don't know are you doing the Clash Finder all by yourself do you have help with that yeah, well, I mean, I, I technically do it all myself, but, you know, we, I have help, uh, I, you know, we, I, it's all input from people on the forums and uh, a little bit from Reddit and stuff like that, but, uh, yeah, I do all the editing myself. It's really not that difficult. It, I mean, each, to, to create them all, it takes, you know, each one probably takes maybe 30, 45 minutes from scratch. Uh-huh. Really not, really not that long. It's fun. I have a good time. Yeah. yeah. What is more time, a little more time consuming are those templates, which you might have seen. Because sure. um, I have absolutely no skills with Photoshop or anything like <laughs> that. I don't use that at all. I literally use a free, crappy online photo editor. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not, uh, uh, and so those those take me a little bit more time each, probably about closer to an hour each. You know what I mean? Mm. Just because it's fucking moving up and typing it and moving it and typing it and moving it. I'm sure if I had something like Photoshop, it would be a little easier, but I don't want to pay for that because I don't do photo totally. stuff like that. No, I, I get it. Yeah. So, so I've, only done, I've only done two versions of those, and I'm only going to do one more. You know, okay. those, those I don't really do very much. Yeah, no. <laughs> I used to, those I used to, this is the first year I've actually done those. I used to work with somebody back on the message boards that used to do more, more of those work. I used to just do the Clash Finders, and then I would, you know, he would get that information, and he would put those onto a template. But, uh, you know, the forums over the last few years have kind of died out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reddit's kind of kind of taken over a little bit, just just uh, activity-wise. You know, a lot of the users uh, are a little bit older, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So a lot of them don't really go anymore. Uh, a lot of it to do with the fact that they're either older or the lineup demographic changing a little bit, sure. you know. And, and Reddit is, is coming up a bit. Reddit, um, I used to have my gripes with Reddit. Um, I used to think... It was nothing but a bunch of like, like man, reposters, reposters, yeah. just all reposters. <laughs> but it's definitely gotten better. Um, I know partially because of the moderators, partially just because of the general community. Um, 
yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I love that page, man. I, I feel like I'm always kind of like sucking the dick of the Coachella Reddit, but it's just the, the moderators do such a good job of cleaning it up. And like, yeah, you follow this, a lot of like up. subreddits. Everywhere else just sucks compared to that. I mean, everyone does a really good job of manicuring it and kind of helping people out. And even the noobs that kind of ask the same questions, they don't get a giant fuck you in the beginning. They kind of get navigated over to the search sure. bar. I, and I love I, it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, so I mean, kind of like with like the with the mix, I guess. Where, where do you start with it? Do you start? I mean, how do you start compiling the class finder? I mean, obviously, we can kind of guess where the headliners are going to be or what stages, yeah. and then where. I guess just kind of take me through that process from the beginning to the end. Yeah. So you know, I kind of just typically you know you start with like the top line. I start you know the headliners are always except for like two years ever, two days ever going to be closing the main stage, obviously, mm-hmm. and then you. You work down, typically the number two is going to be right after. Usually the number three is going to be third on the main. And then you can kind of figure out where most of the people are going to be on the second line pretty easily. If they're going to be the outdoor, maybe in the Sahara or whatever. And then it's easiest to kind of... Well, it is a little difficult because of the dynamic changes of the Sahara lately. But, you know, to kind of take your obvious Sahara acts, Mm -hmm. your big EDM names that are going to be going in there, you, you, you put those down. And then you can kind of figure out the outdoor acts a little easier, which are going to be the the more live-centric. Right. And then you can sort of go from there, figure out who's going to be on the main. And then obviously, I should have said, y- you kind of start with Yuma. Yuma's uh-huh. the, <laughs> right, the, you know the, who's the going in there, right. <laughs> you know yeah. that's, pretty, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> that's pretty much no, number two after the second line and the, and the headliners. And then you can, and then it, the rest of it's pretty crapshoot. At the end of the day, I mm-hmm. mean, we, well, we put great, really edu- you know, well-educated guesses in, and we do decently with the higher listed names. I mean, a lot of the Gobi Mojave acts are really um, pretty impossible to place if you exactly. don't. Yeah. And, and early outdoor acts are really mm-hmm. that's, that's a huge crapshoot, and for anybody to really be able to come correctly, totally correctly guess those is. Mm-hmm. Would be, a, I mean, a, not, you wouldn't even be a savant. You would just have to have insider information. Yeah. <laughs> there is so much that goes into it. There's so much more that we don't even, we can't even fathom, really, that goes into it. Whether it be, um, whether it be uh, agents negotiating times or mm-hmm. a certain artist, like we know, Rez is like, all right, no, I have to be at night. You know what I mean? So that made, I'm sure, made them kind of have to flip a little, a little bit around, right. move some things. Nothing drastic, I'm sure. But for instance, you know, a lot of people are now speculating that Res will probably be closing. Whereas, if she wasn't demanding a nighttime slot, she probably wouldn't have been closing. You know, right? Um, so there's a lot that can go into it. There's yeah. a lot that can go into it that we really, without their Telling without them telling us, hey, I'm going to be at the stage at this time. We can really, it's really hard to, to know. Sure. It's really impossible to sure. know. At the end of the day. Yeah, no, I have like, to pat myself on the back for the res one, you know, because I mean, yes. she, she's so good at responding back and forth. Anyways, when I saw that, though, I mean, I literally went, holy shit! Like, and and that it's all anything speculation at this point. So, any yeah. she could be just playing any time at night, but it seemed like she was alluding to play in that closing slot, which I don't know. Since this is only my second year, so I mean, I don't know how how many times this happened before of someone lower on the lineup jumping someone like a Dioro to then close Sahara. I mean, assuming he's there that, that or whatever, you know. Yeah, that will happen uh, from time to time for sure. I mean, we've had uh, we've had names that, that haven't been the highest uh, listed Sahara, uh, Sahara name on that day 
uh, not close to the Sahara. And I think that's for a couple of reasons. I think that could be because they don't, the highest listed Sahara act on that day doesn't want to go against the headliner. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so your Dioro probably doesn't want to play against uh, the weekend. You right. know what I mean? I, if I were Dioro, I wouldn't want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's, it's definitely something to, to consider, uh, uh, regarding all that. Um, but, uh, regarding also what, what Rez had said, I, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, I know she's confirmed at night, but that doesn't mean that she's going to close. And I agree, not necessarily, but she said something along the lines of wait till you see what time I'm playing. Yeah. <laughs> like winky face, like, like just wait, you know, if she, if she was playing like a seven forty five, eight o'clock, nine o'clock set, like that's not something to be like, wait till you see. Exactly. Like, what, you know what I mean? That's not, I, I'm not, I'm not saying, yeah, she's for sure closing like 100. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. bet on it really, but I, I would sorry. Let me rephrase. I would bet on it, but I wouldn't bet money on it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. Because otherwise, why even tweet that out or say? It? And people were saying, "Oh, yeah, she's I, gonna maybe be in Mojave." I'm like, that that would really no. would be a disservice. I mean, I saw her in Orange County back in December, and how would you put her in a small tent? I mean, you can see it in the Reddit forums. I feel like it's her. Odessa and like Tosh Sultana that have been spoken about the most that are people most excited about seeing their sets. So, I mean, I would really think she'd be in there and then kind of going on that conflict thing. You tell me, it looks like the people that are, that they're most concerned about is Friday between like soul wax. I I can't pronounce it. I think it's Jean-Michel and then Rez. Um, Is that C? Jamiroquai. Sorry, Jamiroquai as well. I'm sorry. So (laughs) I think those four are the ones people are kind of freaking out about or what the hell's going to happen. And they're, all kind of waiting to see how it shakes out yeah that's that's very true i mean you do have to consider that if rez is going to be against the weekend she is probably going to have a i wouldn't i'm not going to say a small crowd but uh, i think that her crowd is going to be i think you'll be able to walk into the sahara relatively easily you know what i mean i don't think it's going to be like overcrowded like like your dylan francis last Mm -hmm. year or anything like that you know what i'm saying i could be wrong though i mean i could totally be wrong here but uh but, you know, I, I mean, just because, you know, you have to consider that, you know, just because there isn't a huge amount of interest on the message boards or on Reddit for your acts like uh, The weekend, mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to have a huge right. crowd. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> so, like, you know, it, it'll be interesting. It, I'm actually very curious to see how many people Rez can pull, especially considering the uh, the new Sahara upgrade. Mm-hmm. How, how, you know, that's all going to pan out. Yeah, that's a perfect segue. So I was going to ask you about that because I think the two things that kind of got slipped under in that Desert Sun article, for people that don't know, there was an article a couple weeks ago talking about Sahara Tent moving and the upgrades to it. And one of them was they were talking about the new 3D LED technology, which, I mean, going back to Res, duh, perfect I, fit. I have no idea what to expect from that. I really have yeah. no idea what to expect from that. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm going to be completely open-minded with that. I just, I'm not expect. I'm not going in with high expectations on visuals. I'm not going with low expectations. I'm just going in like empty Sahara slate. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's the way to do it. But I mean, one of the things they also said at the end of the article too was they alluded to watching out for acts like maybe Elenium or Chromio or Odessa, which I think a lot of people thought Odessa would probably be on main or outdoor. But now it kind of opens it up that they might be in Sahara. And I mean, I went down a rabbit hole last night of watching all the Odessa shit over the weekend and playing in Seattle. I mean, with all those visuals, I mean, it certainly opens it up for them to be in Sahara. I'm definitely on record saying that I would be 
absolutely shocked if they're in the Sahara. I mean, that regardless of your size increase, Odessa's going to have easily one of the biggest crowds of the weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, for sure, easily one of the biggest crowds. Um, if I would... I, I would... I would anybody watch I would guarantee that they're playing the main stage. I would I I guarantee it. If 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 they're not playing the main stage, find me and I will buy you a beer. <laughs> you heard it here. Seriously. <laughs> I I mean it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Uh, one of the sets that really surprised me or at least before you had him was 100 Waters because I mean, I think 100 Waters was billed way too low on that lineup, which kind of surprised me. But then you have them you have them close in Mojave, is that correct? Uh- I do. Uh, I do. Uh, we we heard a while back that they have a new lighting setup, um, and I, I don't remember what the exact details were, but I, I remember whoever revealing whoever revealed that information sort of insinuated that it really only works at night, okay, <laughs> um, or or at least it works much better in sure. a night situation. I saw them. Uh, open the main stage at Outside Lands, I believe it was last year. And so I originally had them pegged for opening either the outdoor or the main stage, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but after that, I think I think odds are it's looking like they'll probably probably close the stage uh, or or at least be at night in, in a tent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Awesome. I, I can't wait to see them, man. I, I haven't seen them live before, so I'm curious to see how it translates. Because, I mean, I love their album, and it sounds like a lot of people that I've heard from say, see them live. Wait, wait well, till you see them live. It was fun in an outside uh, in an outside kind of setting, so I'm mm-hmm. kind of interested uh, to hear the reviews of their set uh, from a, you know, from inside a tent. Uh, I don't believe I'll get to see them as I... Saturday is the craziest day of my life and <laughs> one of the most stacked days of the 11 years going to be 12 years I've ever been and I'm just going to be sprinting. Yeah. Who are you most every- pumped for on Saturday? <laughs> All right, well, dude, I mean, yeah. Sheik, obviously. And then, oh man, David Byrne is going to mm-hmm. have an amazing set. If you haven't uh, seen any of his... Yeah, if anybody that's watching that doesn't know, I mean, if you don't know who he is, shame on you. No, I'm kidding. But... <laughs> The front man for the Talking Heads, and the Talking Heads are a band that's on my uh, my bucket list. I know they're you know not touring or anything mm-hmm. like that. They're one of you know I'd love to see them reunite before they die. You know, before I die, they die, whatever yeah. dies. Um, but if you haven't seen uh, David Burns' stuff, he has some great videos of his Lollapalooza Brazil set. Um, really incredible stuff that's got me. It's a little spoilery. Sure, if you're if you're excited for it, you uh-huh. know I wouldn't recommend watching it if you want to you know see it for the first time but oh my god (laughs) you're trying to make up your mind if you want to see him or not i highly recommend watching some of his videos from his lala um brazil set and then you have oh my god the day is just stacked you have fleet foxes um you have jungle you have i need to pull up the lineup you have uh tom mish uh i i would like to see beyonce i'm not a beyonce fan but i would very much like to see beyonce Mm -hmm. because when am I ever in my life going to get to see Beyonce? Right. Never. Totally. Um, Chromeo. I've seen them a bunch of times, but I love Chromeo. Um, I actually really like Bournes. I saw uh, I saw them when they played Coachella last. Uh, I, I, I'm I actually a big uh, Snake Hips guy. Me too. I like, I like Brockhampton. I, I love Flatbush Zombies. Uh, Busy P is top five on, the, on this day. Oh, man, dude. It's just this day. 
God, I'm getting so fucking hyped. Oh, it makes me so happy. I, I, I just want the damn set times to come out already. I, I'm curious. I got to make sure I get this out. For you guys that don't know, we're recording this on Tuesday, April 3rd. So I'm going to get this out before the lineup comes out. So that's the point of having this whole thing. So I was so pissed. I kept dragging my feet on getting the last episode out. Cause like, I know that as soon as I do it, the goddamn do lineup is going to drop the next day. And sure as shit, I posted the podcast and do lab dropped that damn day. So I mean, to pivot over to that, who, with you being a DJ and everything, who are you most pumped on the Doolab lineup for for either oh, weekend? So, well, so I'm not really uh, much of a Doolab guy these okay. days. Um, I need to, in fact, refresh sure, my sure. Um, yeah, going through it, like it looked like weekend one. I, I, sorry if I don't know some of these things. Like, it looked like Drolo was pretty dope. Uh, Goldfish, So Down. Yes, um, Goldfish is great. I thought So Down sounded really cool. And then, like, weekend two going through it, I thought Pluk, I think it's Pluko sounded badass. And then Marvel Years reminded me a lot of like Grammatic or, uh, uh, God, who's out of Denver? I can't, um, God, I'm so stupid. I'm having a brain fart. Uh, Pretty lights. There you go. Oh, Pretty okay, lights. Okay. I, I thought they were kind of similar to that. And of course, I, I really, really want to see brass tracks. So I, I, for a weekend tour, okay. I was pretty pumped on the lineup. Oh, because you're going weekend two. That's right. right huh? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, so as a weekend one guy myself, um, Chris Lake had a bunch of huge tracks last year. Um, you got Fisher, who's mm-hmm. got a bunch of huge tracks this year uh, on Dirty Bird. Uh, Goldfish, good stuff. Uh, Lauren Lane is pretty great. I played a set with her a couple years back, actually. She's really great. She's been blowing up lately with mm-hmm. the, with the uh, lightning in a bottle scene, you know. Um, you know. And then Weekend uh, weekend 2, Animal England. Uh, and, yeah, well, I said that right. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> Animal England, yeah, should be dope. Uh, Christian Martin, uh, Worthy. Good stuff right there. I love me some Worthy. He's, he's amazing. Um... Like I said, you know, I, I'm not honestly too much of a doolab guy. I used to be back in the day when it was uh, when it was more in the center of the grounds, because mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was such a fun place to you know walk through, get sprayed with some water, and yeah. see some you know amazing up and coming acts. But now that it's kind of, it's good that it is where it is right now because Lord knows if they were booking the same kind of acts that they were <laughs> put in the middle of the festival, it would be, it would not work. <laughs> uh, but uh, but it's just it's kind of out of the way now. Mm-hmm. And, like, because there's not really too many – because Coachella is often so stacked for me and I'm, it's already such a running around experience, right. I really only will get to stop in there maybe once a weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great. I love what it does. I love what it brings, the, the, the culture that it brings. I think it's amazing. What it, it really, I mean, it, I know it's cliche to say, but it's, it's, it's a festival and a festival. You know what right. I mean? It really is a little tiny thing with the – with the surprise acts that they're going to be bringing and stuff like that that they brought in the past, mm-hmm. like it's really cool what they do there. I, I respect it to the highest quality, you know. And I, I just wish there was more time in the Coachella day sure. for me to be able to go over there. There's enough time in the Coachella day for me to eat. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing about it is I think Golden Voice and them have done a, such a good job of just getting the fuck out of their way. I mean, like, whenever it comes to being creative, I just like when you just let creative people be creative. They let their pick their artists. They do whatever setup they have, yeah. and they really just get out of their way and let Do Lab do what Do Lab does best. Do Lab do what Do Lab do. And it, yeah, <laughs> let them do what they do, and it's fucking awesome, man. Now, correct me if I if I'm wrong. I was going off your flair. Is this your eleventh year in a row? This will be my twelfth year, actually. Oh, shit. <laughs> 
2007 was my first year. Oh, okay. So last year was my 11th. Okay. How old of a guy are you? I'm 25. So oh, I've been going you're... since I was 14. Wow. <laughs> Have you always lived? Because you're in the Bay Area now. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I live in San Francisco. Is that but I'm, you... but my, my family's in LA, so I'm I'm down LA, San Francisco. Okay. Like, I'm back with all the time. Sure. Now, I'm sure there it's vast and there's many, but what's been the biggest difference, I mean, from when you started to last year of Coachella? I mean, obviously there was an influx of uh, people last year and everything, but what could be some of the best changes for better or for worse that you could think oh, of? Oh, man. I mean, well, yeah, obviously people. No no crap. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, you know, let alone the ticket you know the 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 expansion of the you know the grounds and how many people they allow i mean after i think how many was it people i don't want to give a a wrong number but it was definitely in thousands of people broke in in 2010 you know you heard about that right after that that's when the whole festival just skyrocketed and ever since then it's just been it's been a little clusterfucky Uh uh-huh i i can i can handle it because especially because most of the acts i like seeing tend to to drift a little bit away from the from the cluster fuckiness. You know? Yes, sir. But uh, um, but I guess you know, uh, positive. I mean, I mean, man, the obviously when I was I was you know thirteen, fourteen when I first started going. But the beer selection. I mean, you didn't have the craft beer mm-hmm. barn even even four or five years ago. I think it was. It started. I think in twenty fifteen. Maybe 2016. Okay. Even uh, shit, I might be totally wrong on that. <laughs> but it was very, somewhat recently sure. the, the beef barn was a thing, and before you were kind of relegated to to your Heinekens and your Newcastles, which aren't the worst in the world. But I mean, you know, you want a little variety when you're three days at a you know music festival. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that was a godsend, and and then the uh, the food too. You know, I, I don't personally have a problem with your fare food your corn dogs and your chicken strips and stuff like that but uh in 2007 that's really all it was you didn't have your selection of gourmet like your real bomb bomb stuff Mm -hmm. like and you know i'm not saying that's what i like having all weekend because i definitely still love me some of your some of that spicy pie some of some of that you know even just some of that that uh corn dog and uh beer batter garlic fries sign me up for that but the fact that you have those varieties now, man, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, it makes it so much and better. It's perfect if you're vegan or if you're on gluten free or if you're on a keto diet. It's like there's food for everyone mm-hmm. while you're out absolutely. there, oh, now, absolutely. which is great. So, Mike, I'll get you out on this one. Absolutely. What's the one piece of advice you can give to somebody that's going to make their Coachella better this year? Oh, man. You should have asked me this earlier so I could have thought about it. Okay, here we, <laughs> we no, can no, go. Here, here, here it is. Um, if you're traveling with a group like most people go to Coachella do, do not be afraid to leave that group. I'm serious. I mean this 100%. And I, I, I even mean this if, if even if even if you're trying to go to Coachella by yourself, I would recommend it. If your group cancels and you're just like, oh, well, I have this ticket. Uh, should I go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, you should. Um, because honestly, I love hanging out with the group at Coachella and I love being with a big group of people, but some of the best times I've ever had is just going off by myself and just like having a personal moment of being not because you're not just by yourself either. You're right. with people and you're surrounded by other people. So 
it's not like it's like a, ever a lonely or a sad experience <laughs> by yourself there. You might, think, you might think that for a second when you when you you know like when you walk away, if you're, just if you're used to being in that kind of situation. But you, I promise, if there's somebody you want to see that you like need to see, and your group is like, well, no, we want to see this, go see that act because you will just be kicking yourself for the rest of your life if you don't see them. And I promise, you will have. The best time of the entire weekend if you just go see that act by yourself because you'll get closer to that stage. Mm -hmm. You'll have a better time with people who actually want to see them. At, that's it. There's two things, but still, <laughs> I love it. That was great advice. And I've seen like some people in the the forum ask like, "Well, how do you do it if you're by yourself or anything?" And I've never done a festival by it. myself, but I've been to many shows by myself over the last twelve months. And like even like when I was at Big Gigantic, there was a nice group of people dancing right next to me, and I just told them, "I said, hey, I'm by myself. You mind if I dance and vibe with you guys?" Like, yeah, right just on, brother. You high five just each other, you meet new friends, and that's the way to do it. So, Michael, thank you so much for coming on and hopping on the cello cast. You guys can download his uh, cello electro mix. It's on. On Mixcloud again. I'll link to that in the show notes, brother. Happy Coachella and have a great time out at Weekend One, man. Thanks so Definitely, much, man. Have a great time at Weekend Two, brother. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon, so man. that that was Michael Madonna, aka Redditor Mikey thirteen thirteen. Thanks so much for coming on, brother, man. If you guys are out there Weekend One, make sure you go and give him a high five and say hello. And like I mentioned in uh, the interview, that I do have links to the Electro Mix down below as well on YouTube and both on the podcast app. So that way you can get it, download it, and have something to listen to throughout the weekend because it's bomb it's all just coachella artists so it's anyone that you might be seeing all mixed into one mashup album and i just thought he did a great job with it um i also got to give a shout out to um redditor katie rose for those of you that don't know for all you campers there's going to be a screen printing or like t-shirt screen printing done there and if you bring a shirt um just a blank one for them to screen print on there you'll save yourself 10 bucks so i think normally the t-shirt's $25, and if you bring your own shirt, it's only 15 bucks. And I was surprised to see that it's actually from the guys from To Die For. If you, any of you Southern California people, if you grew up in like the pop punk or hardcore scene, To Die For was one of those stickers that you saw on everybody's cars, or everybody had those shirts that... Um, shows back in the day so i thought that was great that to die for was going to be the ones and i guess they've probably they've done it for um, a few years in a row now so i'll definitely be taking out my own shirt and getting that screen printed so katie rose thanks for letting me know also today i saw it on the the message boards for any of you guys that are looking for lock screens um i think his name it's little ornick it's little underscore a u r n i k but he created this awesome little system where you can just download the straight um the schedule or you can pick your own and it'll build it for you and then you can have it as a lock screen and you have it right on your phone so i actually if you're watching on video right now i'll show you i already have it on mine so i'm all ready to rock even though um weekend too but hey like i said i'm fucking excited so definitely check that out and a tip of the cap to little ornick or however you pronounce it sorry brother it's right i don't know how these things go so i mentioned to you earlier on in the podcast that i had on i was lucky enough to talk to the fellows from father bear uh, we tried to get this interview done last week, but they were in the studio, and then I had to go do, on Saturday, I did um, uh, what, what I'm calling a fight cast. It was like a live podcast during the UFC fights, and I did it with this guy named Tom Galicchio that was just on The Ultimate Fighter. So Saturday, I was pretty battened down trying to get all that shit done and out. So it took us a little bit longer than expected, but I really appreciate them taking the time. I just hit them up on Instagram and asked if they mind coming on, and they were super um, receptive of it. And I think they're just going to be a lot of fun. I dig their vibe, and I hope you do too. So without further ado, I give to you, 
Father Bear. All right, guys. Right now, I'm joined by an act that you'll be able to catch weekend two at the Do Lab, and they just dropped a brand new single called Face Down, which is available on all your music streaming devices. They describe their sound on Instagram as dirty trap and hip-hop infused booty bass from outer space, which, how the hell can you not get on board with that? Yeah. So I am pleased to welcome Spencer and Beastie of Father Bear to the Cello Cast. Fellas, welcome, and thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot wait. So let's kind of start at the beginning, guys. Where were you at when you found out uh, that you're going to be playing the Do Lab? Um, well, I was in I was in Mexico actually. That's where I was when nice. you when you called and told me. Yeah, I did a little little jiggy dance in the in the hallway of my house. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah they hit up asked if we'd we'd be down to play. Yeah, so. he he, uh, he FaceTimed me and told me right right when he found out the news, and it was pretty exciting. That's yeah. so rad, man. Yeah, we were talking a little bit just before we hopped on here. Now, this is your guys' first time playing uh, Coachella, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been, you know, big fans of the of the Doolab since I started going to Lightning in a Bottle in 2007. And, and uh, you know, we've been trying to, trying to get in there for a couple of years, and, and now now we're ready. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, have you guys both attended Coachella before? Yeah. yeah. You both absolutely. have been there? Because I, I saw your Instagram, and it looks like you guys are both burners, and you guys have been out there before. So I was just yeah. curious if you guys had also uh, motioned over to Coachella, man. It looks like this is going to be a badass year. Outside of when you guys are playing, is there any acts that you guys are pumped on being able to check out? Absolutely. Uh, Dior is one of my favorite DJs, so I'll be definitely heading over to him. He's uh-huh. uh, definitely inspired me quite quite a lot. So, And I'm definitely looking forward to Eminem as well. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, highly Suspect. They're an awesome band. They're playing Saturday night. Yeah. Um, is Elenium playing too? I believe Elenium is playing. Elenium's on Sunday. He's going up, uh, kind of, they kind of cross paths with um, Odessa a little bit. Right. But Highly Suspect's badass, man. I found him, I think, just kind of through like the Spotify rabbit hole, but that song, Lydia, fucking kills. And especially yeah. now that there's only going to be two other acts playing during the blackout of Beyonce, I, I think that's kind of a big <laughs> opening there for him. <laughs> now, right before we hopped on here, we were kind of talking about it, and you said your date got moved. So now you're playing on Sunday. Were you supposed to be playing on Saturday before the Beehive blackout? I don't know how much you can talk about it or not talk about it. Yeah, we were uh, we were we were supposed to play on Saturday, but then uh, Beyonce has a total stage blackout on Saturday night at 11 p.m. So the Do Lab had to shift all their all their lineup for Saturday, and we ended up getting moved to Sunday. Uh, so now we're on the bump by Beyonce tour. <laughs> <laughs> How many people get to say that though, man? There's worse things to say about a group, you know? Shit. So it's kind of it's kind of cool to get that like backsider information because we just all assume the set times have been set for a long time, and now here you are just going like you guys had just found this out that Beyonce was having this blackout, and you guys were getting moved to Sunday, huh? Yeah, gotta roll with the punches though. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, hey, this is what it is. She's she's the queen bee, right? Queen bee. I, <laughs> it's amazing. Like so much of the people in the subreddit too. Of how many people are going to like. I understand Beyonce's a big star, but like, it doesn't matter to me whether I catch that act or not. But people are pumped. So I'm like, maybe that'll be the time I'll go catch the Ferris wheel or do something. I, I don't know what I'll do during that time. You know, oh, they turn that off too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They literally shut off all the lights in the. <laughs> that's the only thing you can do well it's gonna be a party at my campgrounds then during the blackout then so uh so for those out there that maybe never heard of father bear or senior set live what can they expect um to catch you guys on uh sunday 
Uh, well, we're playing from noon to one. We're opening up the Doolab stage on Sunday, and uh, they can expect some super crunk shiz and uh, a lot of a lot of twerking. We got a whole twerk team called the Honey Pots, <laughs> and uh, you know, hopefully, get some uh, some water cannons in their hands and and get some booty shaking up there and and out in the crowd. Absolutely, you can expect to have a lot of fun. Man, I can't wait for it. It's literally counting down the days. Like it's hard being weekend tours because you're gonna see everybody go out and have fun this weekend. But now we can kind of like plot and figure out what we're gonna do. And I think the hype just gets a little bit more real after this first weekend. You know, what would you say they're called? The the the, the honey pots. Yeah, yep. yeah, because you know bears like honey. And- <laughs> Honey <laughs> dripping. Now, do both of you guys produce songs? I know that be, uh, that you do the, the rapping, right, Beastie? And so, do you guys both collaborate on the producing, or how's it all work on the creative process for you? Yeah, absolutely. We both we both collaborate quite a bit on the on the writing process, and uh, we both have home studios, and we both get together and share what we've done, and, and then collaborate and, and fix tracks up to where we want. Man, I got yeah, we usually, we usually uh, you know both both come into the studio when we do meet up and bring bring over a track or two that we've been working on and and then uh plan for each other and then pick one and go with it yeah no i love it man it's, it's kind of like a dubstep for me like meets like j5 or something because your flows just remind me of like charlie tuna and i mean that like in the best way possible like when i hear that sound i'm like fuck yes this is like a mashup of two of my favorite worlds kind of coming together man yeah yeah thank you man that means a lot he's he's definitely one of my favorite rappers and and uh, Charlie Tuna and uh, Big Psych from Death Row in the '90s were uh, were, were big inspirations for uh, for the Father Bear sound. <laughs> it, it, it shows, man, and I, like I said, I mean that in the best way possible. So, how long have you guys been together and collaborating on uh, Father Bear stuff? About four years. About four years now. Yeah. Yeah. What were you guys doing before that? Uh, I've been in and out of a lot of projects. I used to play in bands quite a bit. I was, a, I was originally a drummer. Uh, and then I moved over to electronic music and started another company and uh, did a lot of pop, uh, uh, electronic pop with that. And then I met Brian Steele and we kind of just started getting together and doing more EDM kind of style festival music. Badass. So for someone that's never heard your sound before, what's like the one song that you would direct them to to be like, this is the Father Bear sound, this is what you guys can get hyped to be seeing um, over the Doolab? I don't know. It's my favorite one right now. We have the... Why I'm caught up right now is because we have a bunch of new tunes we're about to release that I wish I could share with you right now to sure. say that's kind of our, our Father Bear sound. Uh, the ones that are up right now. Um, I mean, uh, I think Face just, Down's fucking badass. I mean, because you guys just, that just came out last week, correct? Yeah, I would say that's definitely one of the ones that we're, we're, we're dropping right now that's, that's really hot, that's, that's closer to what we really, really envision for our mm-hmm. future. Um, we just put out a 30-minute uh, a uh, mini mix from our set at NAMM. In January, that's all original music. Yep. That's uh, that slams pretty good. That's on our SoundCloud page as well. Badass. I'll, I'll have links to all that um, on the YouTube and on the podcast page too, guys. For all you guys that are listening, you'll, we'll have links to all that stuff, so you'll be able to check that out straight in there too. So I was going through your Facebook page, and I gotta ask you about a video called Grandma. How <laughs> the hell did this come up? For those of you that have never seen this before, I'll have a um, uh, link to this too. But they did a, uh, I guess, a spoof or a parody of Post Malone's Rockstar, and it's amazing. I've been watching shows and popping pillies, man. I party like a grandma. All my friends got too much gas, they shit their pants while smoking on the palmas. Took too many zannies, met a shorty, but I couldn't get my dick hard. Or Somali. So how the hell did that all come about? 
Um, yeah, uh, me and my boy Zach that I've known since uh, kindergarten, who was playing Post Malone in the video. Uh, you know, he's a, a huge fan of Post Malone, and and but we were laughing about how. You know, he talks about partying like a rock star, but is is constantly talking about like eating Xanax and drinking Merlot. <laughs> party like grandma, the, the, the party like a rock star, and and so that kind of uh, spurred the whole thing. So you know, he and I wrote wrote the lyrics, uh, you know, in not too much time, and uh, and came up with the concept, and and Spencer and I worked on the music, and and uh, we shot shot the whole video in one day. And it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a blast. No, that that was genius, man. I do a lot of kind of like spoof shit on my own and everything. And I just saw that. I was just like slow clapping for it, man. I, I thought that was so goddamn good. So you guys, if you haven't seen that yet, is it on YouTube as well? Or is it just on your Facebook page? Yeah, it's on YouTube as well. Party Like a Grandma, uh, Post Malone parody. Something like that. I'll get you guys out on this one. You mentioned YouTube. Now, I saw a video on your YouTube page as well, and I'm going to kind of need the backstory on it. You might know where I'm going with this, but the video is titled K-Hole Couple of Movement Detroit 2017. <laughs> is this a video that you guys actually shot? Did you witness this happening? I need the backstory on this K-Hole Couple. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was uh, out at out at the movement in Detroit last year, and this was this was literally like one hour into the first uh, day of the festival, and this couple was so jacked, and you could just tell by the fact that he lost his kneecaps pretty much that he was in a deep <laughs> hole, but refused to sit down, and uh, and she was pretty blasted as well, but not nearly as much as he was, and and you know it just looked like one of those scenarios where he probably thought it was coke, and. Uh, yeah. And did way too much K, and I couldn't help but film it and just cackling throughout the whole thing. It was pretty funny. He clearly didn't have a sea legs. Right. <laughs> I mean, talk about perfect timing. And sometimes you see those moments and you go, "Shit, how did I not pull out my phone?" So I mean, kudos to you for getting it out, recording it, and putting it up. I think I saw yesterday. Rez was kind of talking about what to expect at her set, and it said like scary, dark stuff, and people tripping on acid, and like in parentheses, help those people out for me, please. So <laughs> I don't know if you guys are Res fans or not, but I'm really excited to go see that set Friday night. Now you were mentioned to be a Dioro fan. Were you surprised with how he was billed higher on the lineup that Res was getting that closing time slot? Um, no, Dior, I mean Dioro tends to play those slots over and over again. That seems to be his pattern, so I wasn't surprised. No, uh, like a, a few, well, how many? About five, maybe four or five years ago, I went to see me EDC, and he was opening up EDC. Wow. So. So that was a great experience for me because when I first got there, it was literally me and 10 of my friends, and we were the only ones there at the very front of the stage. And by the end of the set, I kid you not, you look back, it was like 5,000 people. It was just a great experience. So I think it's fun. It was, it, uh, I love that. Yeah, and have you guys read about all the new upgrades to Sahara that's taking place this year? Yeah. Man, it looks bonkers. I mean, obviously, it's getting bigger. It looks like we're going to have some LEDs all throughout the ceiling and everything. So it's I, I've been such a maniac about it, like looking on Snapchat, trying to get some spoiler alerts or something. But, I mean, how that's all going to parlay into that EDM set. I mean, especially Friday, because to me, Friday is just absolutely stacked. So I can't wait to go in there and just kind of lose my mind and forget where I am for a few hours, you know? <laughs> yeah, we're look, looking forward to it, too. It's always cool when we play these, you know, big festivals and whatnot, just... You know, playing is really awesome, but then also being inspired by all the other artists, you know, seeing how they're doing it and what, you know, what kind of sound they're they're doing. And, and not even just electronic. I just, you know, I love rock and roll. I like seeing live bands. And, you know, that's a really cool part of the experience for sure. 
Yeah, well, guys, I just want to say thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. It's Spencer and BSD of Father Bear. You'll be able to catch them Sunday opening up the Do Lab. And make sure you go check out their brand new single called Face Down. I imagine it's on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever you can listen to music, yeah? Yep, I believe so. All right, guys, so it's Father Bear Music on Instagram. And get ready for those honey pot twerkers on Sunday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Hey, guys, thanks so much for hopping on. I'll, I'll see you on Sunday at the uh, weekend, too. So there you go. That was Father Bear Music. Uh, they were super cool guys. I really enjoyed our conversation with them. So they'll be out there weekend too. And I'll have links down below as well so you can hear uh, their new song, Face Down. But I, I'm not lying. The dude's got this bassy voice for any of you guys that were Jurassic 5 fans and know about Charlie Tuna. Um, and I just, I, I dig what they're throwing down, man. So it's going to be, and I mean, twerkers are going to have a twerk team out there while spraying down with hoses and they got moved to Sunday morning. So hey, I'm going to be getting in the festival early on sunday or you might even see him you heard some of the acts they want to go see so you might be rubbing shoulders and bumping in with them at dioro or lenium or odessa or a few of those other acts so again guys thanks so much i really do appreciate you coming on that that was badass and fun to do and it was cool to be able to get an artist for you guys to be able to come here i reached out to a few different artists um and because of schedules or whatever it was it just didn't work out but i was super glad that some local southern california boys were able to get in hop on and us be able to get the damn thing done so one of the stories I wanted to tell you guys about is from my first Coachella, which was last year. It was a story that I wanted to bring up, and I didn't know which episode I was going to do it in. And as I was trying to put all this together, I thought this would probably be the time to do it. So let me set the stage for you. Um, we it, it was me, my brother Grant, and one of my good buddies, Blaine. Uh, Blaine was the one that kind of talked us all in to go into Coachella, and he was the one that helped me get all my shit together last year to be able to pull the whole thing together uh, within 48 hours and get my ass out there. And we this is on Saturday, and if you're watching on the video, you're going to see a picture pop up in here in just a second. But it was me, Grant, and Blade, and we were sitting there watching Schoolboy Q, and... I'm an honest Abe here. I'm pretty honest. So let's just say we decided during school, boy, we were going to um, hang out with some Molly Ringwald. So Molly shows up. We start hanging out. And at one moment, it, anyone that's done it, they know that come up can sometimes be a little intense. And my brother had one of those, oh, fuck, this is kind of an intense moment. So we told him, hey, just sit down, relax. We're going to finish this show out real quick. And here's what I love about Coachella, because I'm sitting there, I have my hat, hat off, and I'm fanning him and everything. Blaine's fanning him. We have our little squirt bottle squirting him down. He's okay. You know how it goes when those moments happen. You just kind of have to breathe through it, realize everything's going to be okay. And then when you come on the other side of it, it's just euphoria and everything's amazing. As he was sitting there, a nice lady approaches from behind and just said, hey, is he okay? I said, yeah, yeah, he's just, um, it's a little intense right now. She said, I, I understand. She goes, well, I'm an EMT, so if he needs anything, I'm right here behind you guys. Um, I'm happy and willing to help. I said, that, that's great. That's really nice. Thank you so much. And how many times do you run into those instances at Coachella? I mean, it, everyone's checking on each other. Everyone's making sure each other's okay, or at least in my at least for me last year, it seemed like everyone was just so goddamn nice. And of course you have assholes, but you have 125,000 people there. You're going to have some assholes, but 
the majority of people as you're going through crowds, making sure you're okay, checking on one another. And that's kind of the Coachella spirit. And that was really nice. So he was kind of having a hard time. So I said, you know what, man? Uh, and Schoolboy was performing on the outdoor stage. So I said, let's just get up. Let's go stand over to the right real quick. So we kind of went over where those big planters are on the right-hand side next to outdoor, like by the wall. And he was just laying on the ground. And here's where the picture's going to pop up. So he was laying on the ground and for anyone that's been in those moments or like, you know, like when you've been the one that's like too drunk or something, you keep apologizing. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And when Molly Ringwall is involved, everyone's just being nice anyways. And he just kept saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I looked at Blaine. I'm like, you know what? Like, let's get down on the ground with him and it'll feel better. So what we did is then we laid down next to him and... We just sat there, kind of danced with them, and off to the background on the main stage was Bonavar playing. Or is it Bonavar? Bonavar? I've heard it pronounced numerous ways, but I'm going to say Bonavar was playing in the background, and it was the one iconic song, um, not his one only iconic song, one of his many iconic song, iconic songs was playing, and Skinny Love was playing in the background, and you could just sit there, and everything kind of came back, and Grant started feeling a little bit better. And that song's just so sweet and so nice. And then he kind of got his um, faculties about him again. We were able to get up, and that's right as DJ Snake started to play his set. And then we obviously went fucking ham for it. But I knew in that moment that that was a moment that I was going to remember, that I was going to cherish, that I knew that that was kind of a turning point um, not only about how I felt about Coachella, but also how kind of me and my brother interact and interface with each other. For any of you that have siblings, um, shit happens. Things aren't perfect. Me and my brother, and I also have a sister that's certainly not the... We fight. I mean, shit happens, right? But since then, and since Coachella, I can tell you that my brother and my relationship has improved 100%. And it was because of that moment. And some people that if you take different substances, you're like, oh, it was because of Molly? Yeah, it was. What can I tell you? There's a reason why that shit works. It's a reason why MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies, is looking to use these substances to help PTSD, to help in therapy, and all of the stats that are coming back about it are just showing that it's really making a difference and really making a change in people's lives. And I can speak on my own that that was one of those moments that changed mine and my brother's lives forever. And that was based on Coachella. And I just, I, I tell you guys all that because if you haven't had those moments or going into this, going into Coachella, look for those moments. They're, they're, they're sweet. They're, they're ever passing. You, you never know how many of those moments you're going to have in life. And I think that's why we all go to a festival like Coachella is to to live in the moment, to forget all the bullshit that's outside of it, to just be, it's like, it's like a safe space. As big as Coachella is, like I, I feel like it's just like a little safe environment where everything goes, anything goes, where for you ravers out there, plur is all around. Um, and that's what it's all about. When this world we live in, of you never know what Donald Trump's gonna tweet from time to time and in social media and everything else, for four days or three days or how many days you're there, we get to just go put all of that on the back burner, go enjoy music together, go enjoy the art together, and just have a fucking good time and forget all the problems of the world. And that's what I love so much about Coachella, what I'm so thankful for, and what's going to bring me back coming back year after year. I mean, hell, I hadn't ever even been up until last year, and now I'm the guy that started his own podcast just to talk about Coachella and all of the great things that it has provided me so far. So if you guys are out there weekend too, 
please come out and find me. I'd love to meet you guys. I'm going to be out at um, definitely the Beer Shotgun on day one. Shout out. It's Planty for putting all that together. That's going to be a great time. I'm definitely going to be at Res. I already know. Is it dumb that I already know what I'm wearing? Friday, I'm going to be wearing a I'm Just Here for the Vibe shirt. So if you see a guy in Sahara Tent and I'm Just Here for the Vibe shirt and passing out those refraction glasses, that's me. So I can't thank you guys all enough for joining me on this process. I'm going to probably do a wrap-up Coachella podcast after um, the festival and everything. Um, the people that I've already met just from doing this, it's been absolutely amazing. Coachella's life-changing. I can't say it enough. I can't wait to get out in the polo fields and dance um, three days away with you guys. Um, I'm going to leave you with this. If you guys don't know um, who Duncan Trussell is, Duncan's one of my favorite podcast hosts. He has um, his own podcast called the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. Um, he's just uh, he's as hippie as they get, and but he's also a comedian. So I mean, he's, he's like a he's like a grounded hippie. I, I really he's kind of a hard guy to describe. If you haven't listened to him before, um, he's one of Joe Rogan's good friends. So he's been on that podcast numerous times, and they just have great conversations together. It's one of the ones I really look forward to, but. I bring up Duncan Trussell because uh, just last week he was on, or not he was on, um, sorry, what is that DJ's name? God, now I have brass tracks in my hand. Uh, oh, Bass Nectar, that's right. He was at Bass, um, they played a montage of one of his rants from his podcast on before Bass Nectar went on the other day, and it's all about spring and what spring means to him and how spring brings in new beginnings and... Um, I just think it's perfect as we're all heading in to go to Coachella with spring just starting, with new beginnings, with just getting to go lay it all on the line and have um, the best weekends of our lives. So I'm going to leave you with Duncan Trussell. Please go rate and review the podcast if you haven't yet. Thank you so much to everyone for checking out the podcast. The people that, uh, the new followers I have on Instagram because of this, um, and you guys have sent me messages on that. Thank you so much. Um, I can't wait to be out at Coachella with you guys. Here's Duncan Trussell. Happy Coachella. Happy Spring Equinox, everyone. It is I, Duncan Trussell, and you are listening to the Duncan Trussell Family Hour podcast. And if there ever was a day to contemplate rebirth, this is that day. Spring. I've got this blasted old withered little patch of dead soil behind my house. And the other day I decided, you know what? I'm going to sprinkle some grass seed down. And just see what happens. Spray some water on it and see if I get some grass back there. And you know what's happening? Grass is growing where there was no grass. Just a dark, gray, post-apocalyptic patch of doom. Now green sprigs of grass are growing. My orange tree is growing oranges. My lemon tree is growing these big, fat lemons. Birds are waddling around in the backyard eating my grass seed. That's fine. Spring is the greatest metaphor. It's that place in your life where you've been depressed, where you've been trapped, where you've been stuck, where you've been uninspired, where you've been heartbroken, where everything seems hopeless, and suddenly this glimmer of life springs up inside of you. You gotta remember what I'm talking about. It's so easy to forget when you're wandering through the bleak darkness, when you're lost, when you're confused, when you're uninspired, when you're lonely, it's so easy to forget that nothing lasts, including those bleak states. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, if you're a writer, 
that great idea will come and you'll find yourself writing again. Or if you're a comedian, new jokes will start coming. I promise, they start coming again. Or if you're somebody who uh, has been alone for a long time, you'll meet someone new and realize that it's possible to fall in love again. That's what spring's all about. Spring is about grinning from ear to ear as you realize that life happens again, that it can't be pushed back or stopped, and that your idea that everything was going to be awful forever was ridiculous and doesn't follow the pattern of life, of nature. These dark scientists blogging about the collapse of industrial civilization, impending doom, everything falling apart. They're just focusing on the winter. They don't understand that, yeah, sure, civilizations collapse, just like there's winter. But things grow from that collapse. Don't just focus on one part of the cycle. That's the point. If you're trapped in winter, if your brain is in a permafrost, if you've managed to convince yourself that things don't get better, that you're lost forever, permanently broke, permanently alone, permanently sick, it's not true. You're not going to be permanent anything. That's what spring's all about. I love spring.